Hey y'all, and welcome to What Y'all Reading, a podcast where two friends and librarians gush over writing, talk about characters like we know them in real life, and nerd out over any historical connection we can find. You can expect 30 minutes filled with fun, laughter, and a new YA book review every Wednesday. I'm Alyssa. And I'm Madeline. And this week we read a series of comics called A Girl Called Echo by... Katharina Vermetz and Scott B. Henderson is the illustrator. So this is in three volumes. I read the first two volumes because they were on Hoopla for free. So if your library has Hoopla, um, check them out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's about um, a high school girl and it's historical fiction. Um, Also time travel fiction. And it has a lot, well, I said it's historical fiction. Lots of history. So Alyssa's like nerding out, super, super nerding. (laughs) I am. Um, You guys. So it starts and she's like in a bison herd. And the bison are like stampeding after. Stampede hunt. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if you guys have ever seen a bison. Not in real life. Are they big like, like moose are big? Not as big as moose, but they're large. And this is the problem. Is that okay, so we're gonna do a quick side note because I follow the national parks people on Ready. Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that. And they posted a someone posted a video. It probably was the national park people, but um this woman felt the need to approach a bison during mating season. Now they were trying to cross the road, and so she it caught the horn caught her belt loop, and she was kind of flung around there for a little while. So if you ever go to a place oh that God. has bison, please do not approach them because it's not safe. They have horns; they're giant. So horns is that a horn? That's a horn. Kind of like a horn. Horns, and they have big old humpback. <laughs> Like, they're big creatures. Why would you approach oh one? Oh, my God. I'm the one in my car going, oh, yeah, they look nice. <laughs> they Bye. Can far away. Although, I will say they taste amazing. Oh. Sorry, Madeline, but they do. Hey, they have come back from extinction. Yeah, Just but. Mm. I, for a second, before you were like, don't approach a bison, I I legitimately thought you were going to say, so make sure not to have pants with belt loops. Or <laughs> <laughs> that too. I mean, it's just because like, I see the National Park Service all the time go, do not approach wild animals. And I think, yeah, who are these people that are just approaching wild animals? Like ones with sharp <laughs> horns that can gore you, like just impale it. Okay, we've got really off topic. Okay, so but yeah, so it starts in the bison so, stampede, and then so it flashes. Bison, yeah. Yes, echoes back in her classroom, mm-hmm. and so she's kind of like, "Oh, that was a really weird dream, right?" Like, what mm-hmm. the fuck? Um, so she goes to class, and she kind you kind of see her go through her everyday life. Um, so the important thing to note about this book is you have to read the description on the back before you start reading the comics, so you kind of get an idea of what's going on with Echo. And she is in a new school. She's trying to identify with her culture. 
So this focuses on the Métis people. Mm -hmm. And they are um, First Nations people of Canada. And for those of you that don't know, Canadians refer to their indigenous population as First Nation or First People. Um, Because they were there first. Yeah. Just a thought. Just a So Echo... Just a thought. They were there first. You know. Um, Anyway. Um, So Echo ends up going back in time again. She goes back in time to 1815, 1816 Mm -hmm. during the Pemmican Wars in Canada. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm not going to bore you with all the litany of details of that stuff. Just know. Because it, they, we'd be here for a, a long time. It's in the books. Time. It's in the books. So it's in, in the book. In the back, if of, you go to the back, mm-hmm, there's a timeline. Mm-hmm, very detailed mm-hmm. timeline. I've also Madeline, linked it in the Madeline, show. Madeline, Madeline didn't read it. <laughs> Just saying. I read some of it, so it it deals a lot with the mistreatment of the Métis people or the Métis people by Métis. I'm gonna mispronounce it. Okay. Just a quick side note, I mispronounce everything. <laughs> I call it a calipitter and not what? a caterpillar. So please just understand. <laughs> I mispronounce everything. So I'm very sorry. Always Are very you... sorry for mispronouncing things. Pause. Are you a library person? I don't know. Sometimes it slips out like library. La- library. library. Are you also an, an ambience? <laughs> No, it's an ambulance. Okay. Well, yeah, your dad's a or firefighter, a so. Or a bus. A rig. Or a bus. A rig. Yeah. Anyhow. So, so. I mispronounce a lot. Yes. So it's his. So. Um, Pemmican is a food. They it make it in one of her things. And I'm not. It was called the Pemmican Wars because I think it started when they went to go trade the food. And they were like, by the way. We also are taking this land, right? Yeah. So here's the thing. is like we all love Canada, right? But Canada, you know, also colonizers. We're just going to be straight up honest with it. You got they colonized. They took things. They forced children into schools. Just not not good stuff. Horrible mm-hmm. stuff, actually, that they're still having to atone for. Mm-hmm. And, um... Yeah, so this book, this series of graphic novels highlights big points in history that deal with the mythi and deal with what they've dealt with in Canada. Um, and it's not all that good stuff, guys. Mm-hmm. It's not, some of it's good, some of it's great, but some of it, most of it, not so hot. I will say the way um, that the writers, the writer and the illustrator set it up, that's kind of cool that it's not just like, time travel it's um, depending on what is happening when she time travels it is a direct reflection of the mood and feelings and emotions that she's having in real life so like after the stampede she's just like feeling terrible at one point they come to like a semi happy place like a semi peace treaty but not really not really sure but then it shows her as having like a good good rest of the day or whatever um so mm-hmm. that was really kind of cool to see how they tried to do that well yeah yeah and 
Again, this is Echo trying to connect with her heritage and her people, and she doesn't quite understand it. So as we're learning, Echo's learning. So Mm -hmm. it's that it's comforting to know, like, okay, we're learning alongside Echo as a reader. And I really appreciate that because I was talking to Madeline earlier. Like, I studied in college. I studied um, Native American history in the United States. I didn't get a lot of Canadian indigenous people's history taught to me. And that's not anyone's fault. It's just how things kind of mm-hmm. roll. I was lucky to get any sort of Native American mm-hmm. indigenous people's studies in college because I'm in the South. And that's not a big thing in the South. Um, I was actually talking to someone about this a long time ago. But the Northern kids in the North kind of learn more about the Native American indigenous people. And then the South really focuses a lot on the Civil War and a lot on Reconstruction. And there's no, it's either a lot of one thing or the other and not a good balance. Mm-hmm. And I think schools across the United States need to find a balance to teach. And not teach necessarily out of a history book because we all know that the history book Mm-mm. is written by the winners, quote unquote, of history. Mostly yeah. oppressors, mostly colonizers. <clears throat> Not good stuff. Yeah. Um, I was going to also say that about the the history books and the history. And also, you know, you talk about like how they taught about the Civil War and Reconstruction down here and Native Americans um, more up north, which is true. I mean, I didn't learn about Reconstruction until I was here as a 30 year old, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I but I heavily studied the Civil War, but it was like Gettysburg. Like that's all like around then. Um and we did a lot of Native American stuff, but the thing is, and we all learned about slavery and stuff, but people don't mm-hmm. want like they're ashamed of their history, and so they don't want to pass down that shame and teach it. Instead, they want to look powerful, and so then we don't learn What's actually going on. And that's not like the whole picture, but that's like one little slant to it, I feel like. Yeah. And see, this is the problem I have with this. And I I am a history person. Like I have my degrees in history, if anyone ever wants to contest me on this. Um, We should feel shame for what we've done. Um, Absolutely. We should. Sorry, guys. A little frog stuck in my throat. Um, But we should feel shame. We should. I don't know. We can't atone for the sins of the past because it's hard to do, but we need to acknowledge it. We need to go, hey, this was wrong. We shouldn't have done this. I'm so sorry. And then, and then teach yeah. teach the children so that this does not happen again. Mm-hmm. Like, I want the Standing Rock resistance that happened in the Dakotas in the history books. Because yeah. you guys understand that was like one it of the largest, huge. largest like meetings and gatherings of different nations in our history in our modern history like mm-hmm. that's not a small feat that is a huge huge thing so i feel like this book these comics they're a way to teach history to kids without like word vomiting them you know what i mean mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like not so much just information thrown and you connect with Echo because she's trying to figure out who she yeah. is. And every 13-year-old is trying to figure out who they are. But Echo's is just a little bit more complicated. She's 13? <clears throat> I think where so. Does it, where does it say she's 13? 
I described it. Oh. It gives her a whole last name, but I can't pronounce her last name. Well, um, it also, Alyssa's talking about not word vomiting the history. Most mm-hmm. of the, her, most of the comic is wordless. Like most of yeah. the words happen when she is in the past and it's not her speaking. It's her um, eavesdropping on conversations that are. Yeah, it's historical. a lot of dialogue that you hear. So the the most of the text you see in the historical parts is dialogue that people mm-hmm. are having. Mm-hmm. So she's overhearing everything that's going on. Mm-hmm. So and then she's also experiencing everything. So book two is Red River Resistance. That takes place in 1869. Um, I've linked it as well in the show notes. So if you want to go into it, go into it. <clears throat> but they called a resistance, right? When you Google it, it's called a rebellion. So again, who's writing the history books? Yeah. Who's writing this information? It was a resistance. They were trying to keep their land. And so you see Echo go through battle, essentially. Like she fights with them and she runs away from the destruction. And and um, it's just, it's a good, I think it's a good series to introduce native and indigenous history to children it's a good way to do it i think um where it's and i hate to say the word entertaining but entertaining? I, I feel like it's like, not you know I mean? it's not i mean it's entertaining but it's more it's more captivating because it's not just That's like it. here's the history it's it's mm-hmm. watching a girl learning about her culture and you get to learn about it too and in that because mm-hmm. she's learning her culture, it's um, uh, what's it called? Like subcontext, or like inherently, like when it's like baked in that she doesn't know it, you know, which mm-hmm. also ins- insinuates it's the word I was looking for, um, which also insinuates that our culture in the United States or in North America has just repressed that so much that these people that come from those cultures are having to relearn it. It's not being passed down in the traditional ways. She's learning this stuff at school. So Yeah. And see, and that's the other thing is the traditional ways. And again, I I am not Native. I can't speak to this. Um, My uncle is. He's Native Alaskan. Um, But so, like... You have elders, and they're they're doing their best to pass on that tradition. And and it's no fault to the kids of this generation because sometimes it's just sometimes the kids are interested in it. And you know what? That's just that's that's them. Mm-hmm. But you have kids that are interested in it, and they're trying to learn. And I think it's great when they do come forward and go, "Hey, I want to learn how to do this," or "I want to learn how to do that." And then the elders are still there. Mm-hmm. But again, you have to think about it. You have systematic oppression. And yes. And clear evidence that governments were trying to wipe out mm-hmm. tradition, wipe out yeah. culture, wipe out languages. Yeah. So you have they have that to contest with as well, mm-hmm. and that's just really sad. Yeah. So let me talk a little bit about the art style. So it's yeah. um, it's watercolor looking and pen and ink. I didn't super love it, 
but I think it fit well with the story and the historical feel, like the grittiness of the story, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Um, but it just wasn't my, I just didn't really love it. Also, not being a history person, I had a hard time following it. I mean, 100%. Like, I understood that bad things were happening, and then she would go home and be sad. Or she was having a bad day. And then I understood, Mm -hmm. like, when there was a peace treaty of some sort, that she had a good day. But then, like Alyssa said, the second book was different. I thought it was all the same thing. I thought it was all the same conflict. No, it's over years. So the third book actually takes place in 1884. So it follows key points in history as they go along. Got it. And and I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the people she meets, so when she goes back in time, she meets with people, Mm -hmm. and they don't react to the fact that she's wearing modern-day clothing. They're just like, come on, let's let's do this. It's like, bitch, Um, what is that anarchy patch on your jacket? Like, how'd you get that? Love it. (laughs) Right? So she, and I think every time she goes back, she either meets up with the descendants or them at an older age. Because I want to say when she goes back in book three, I read it earlier last week and now I can't remember my brain. Um, I want to say it was the granddaughter of the The first first person she met in book one, I think. Yeah. Sorry, guys. I found a lot going Yeah. So anyway, I was, uh, and a lot of the history, like we talked about earlier, is just told through dialogue. It's not, there's a couple Mm -hmm. rectangle boxes that give you like a date and time and what's happened, like where it is. Um, But most of it is through dialogue and having absolutely no background in any of this. I was just completely lost. You know, I didn't really learn any history. I know that the Methi people exist. And that there was shit going down in Canada just like there was shit going down in the United States because white people were being greedy. Mm -hmm. And that's – so part of that is just on me and my learning style. (laughs) But I Yeah, and everyone's learning style is different. Um, Because, like, if you go and you look at the reviews, some people really love it and some people are just like, I couldn't follow along. And that's fine because people learn differently. Um, I think because of my background, I was able to follow Mm -hmm. along a little bit better. But again, yeah. I have a whole <laughs> degree in history, so my background is like, oh, I got this. Like, I can catch on really quickly. Mm-hmm. So, but, you know. I, can, it, I, can I continue about the emotions? Sorry, totally cut yeah. off your, your, no, sorry. your thought. Um, so, beyond not, anyway. yeah, beyond not the um, dialogue and the actual things happening, what I thought was actually really well done was the way that they honed in on Echo's emotions through the whole thing. So when she Mm -hmm. is in flashbacks um, or when she is at home, like in her house, everything is clear. You can see all of the outlines for everything. When she is alone or especially in school, the illustrator does this thing where everything else is blurry and Echo is very outlined and it forces you to kind of look at her and read her emotions. And that does a great job of bringing you in. Also, the watercolor that they use, 
the illustrator chose a very specific palette for each setting. So high school has a different palette than home life has a different palette than the history. Mm -hmm. And it's subtle, but if you look at it, it's there. And I thought that also did a great job of um, splitting, splitting them up. Um, so I did think that that was well done. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's going to be a book four. Oh. Let me double, triple check. I think so. They're very thin it's, volumes. It's like, they're very thin. I lose them all the time at the library. Yeah. <laughs> they're so thin. And so I have to I, go back and be like, <laughs> no. I read um, two volumes in an hour. I'm not yeah, even these are quick reads, you guys. Super fast. Um, there's a part of me that really kind of wishes they were just a little bit thicker. Um, just a little bit. That's just. I my think own it would have helped. I think. I, I think a little bit thicker would have helped uh, my understanding of more of the history. But I understand mm-hmm. also that the author didn't want it to be bogged down in that. It was almost like the yes. main purpose was Echo and her emotions and going through the shit in her life and how her culture reflects that because oftentimes we forget that. And then as a bonus, you learn what's going on. And it's a pretty heavy bonus, but it's still, it's not like, I feel like it's not priority number one. Priority number one is learning Echo's story, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So that's what, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, book four will be in April of 2021. So make sure you keep an eye out for that. Um, so it picks up right after the third book. So everything, so Echo's life, you follow pretty quickly in, in order. But then the history parts kind of jump to big, like I said earlier, big important events mm-hmm. <clears throat> in history. Um, so this one... Um, the bison are gone. The Manitoba's Act's promise of land for the Métis people has gone unfulfilled. Hmm. And many Métis people flee to the Northwest um, as a follow of the Northwest Resistance, which is book three's title. Um, their advocate and champion, Louis... Oh, I'm going to butcher his last name. Riel is executed. So, like, there's all these different things that happen. And then, again... It goes with what's going on in Echo's life. Yeah. So, oh, I wonder if they chose her name for that reason. Why did that just hit me? <gasps> I was like, it's we like an so, Echo. I was like, so like dense. Echo. How did I not? My God, but that's why they. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, how oh did I God. not get that? I don't know because I'm special. Oh. It just happened. So also, the um, there is diversity beyond just um, the indigenous people. That oh my are, god! Yeah. yeah. So um, her English teacher is genderqueer, androgynous. Goes by M X Larue. I think it was her last yep. name. Non-binary. Their last name. Yeah. So that was kind of cool because it was just like a non-issue. And then also, Mm -hmm. um, whoever she's living with, be it her mom's friend or a foster mother, that was also 
very, very vague as to what was going on in her personal life because I don't think it was necessarily super important. It was just that she was separated from her mom and it was a shit time. Mm -hmm. Um, But she Mm -hmm. has um, a foster brother, maybe, that lives with her um, that is severely handicapped. And it's just like Mm -hmm. uh, a no big thing, you know? And so that was really, that was nice to see. Also, her high school had um, an indigenous student leaders club. Which so is they must be like in them. a pretty rich area of indigenous people because yeah. So yeah. I'm going to include in the notes um, kind of a, a map of the um, Mithi Nation. Okay, but it's 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 there's a lot. Like yeah, I don't. I know Canada is large. Okay, Canada yeah. is large. She's she's big. She's she big. you know. She's thick. Um, <laughs> so if this makes any sense to anyone, I'm going to read off where the homelands were. Okay. If I can find the map again, because I had it and now I lost it. No. Biscuit and Oh, jeez. I want to say. Y'all, it's more than a third. It covered Alberta, Manitoba. Uh-huh. So Saskatchewan. Uh-huh. It dipped down to the United States a little bit, you know? Yeah. And the Dakotas? It, it's quite large. That's the homeland. Huge. It is. Which is which Montana, just goes to show yeah. when an indigenous group is not limited by what the United States thinks uh-huh. or Canada or any nation thinks of as borders. My God. Yeah. So question. My God. Yes. This, can you see it? It's like the infinity yes, symbol. Is that the symbol for the yes, Methi people? Mm-hmm. Oh. Because mm-hmm, I didn't mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. didn't realize that. I just, I pulled it up on this map and it's there. And it shows up in the comic a couple times, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, it shows up as a flag. In the comic, and then um, Echo has it as a patch, patch. on her jacket. Yeah, and it took no, and honestly, it took me a hot minute to figure that out too. For when, again, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not a piece of history I'm familiar with. And I'm so sorry, but this is why we give you guys show notes so that you can kind of educate yourself a little bit further and kind yeah. of dive into it a little bit deeper. But that's just the symbol for that for the mythy people. Oh, nice to know. Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of cool. Um, yeah, that's that's all I have to say about it because it was super short. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks for listening for Behind on your favorite podcast app. Otherwise, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. All right, y'all. Are you ready for your dad joke of the week? Here it is. Why does the bison work out by himself? Give up? He likes to get buffaloed. <laughs> See you next week.